0: All right, eins, vi, Dry. feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, it's podcast time. All right, so this is the third episode of the Status Dramaticus podcast. We do have a guest today, but there's some maintenance things that I was asked to go over. So uh, here at the hospital, when you're showing up with a PUI or a person under investigation or anyone with an ILI or an influenza like illness, flu, COVID, anything you can think of. If you're suspicious for it, they need to be wearing a mask. You need to be wearing a mask. The whole crew. If you're showing up with the fire crew, wearing masks. If you're coming in the hospital, wear a mask. Them and you, okay? Uh, a couple of things I wanted to bring up. So, unfortunately, in these times where people are afraid and they are stressed, there's gonna be scams so my wife actually got one of the first scams uh, in her junk email so this felt like a good opportunity to talk about there's probably gonna be an increase in phishing and I know hospitals are especially susceptible to that because they'll use everyone's email accounts but also it's a good time to teach people to critically think about stuff so for example, this scam in particular said it was a urine test to test for uh, SARS-CoV-2, and if you're if you've been listening and following the news, uh, SARS-CoV-2 is the current virus going on right now. That is the labeled as uh, coronavirus. Um, some other reports and some uh, some people talk about. Uh, SARS-CoV-1 which was that original SARS outbreak there's a difference in those viruses so a lot of the data that you will see will be based on other or past epidemics or other viruses that they're studying and not directly pertaining to the SARS-CoV-2 also known as the coronavirus that causes the disease COVID-19 so for example, with this urine test that might be ending up in people's spam uh, mailboxes, as far as we know right now, at the time of this podcast, all the research I've looked at is that the coronavirus in this context, this current pandemic, is not isolated in urine as far as right now. The one that it has been in the past is SARS CoV 1 or SARS. So just think about that and for use this as an example for the rest of the things in this uh, pandemic. When people are trying to sell you things or they're trying to capitalize on fear or just ambigu- ambiguity, which there is not a lot of research out, but people are rushing to put research out about this current pandemic. Just think about it. Ask yourself questions. Don't fall for scams. Don't have someone take your money when it's unnecessary. All right. So, with that being said, uh, our guest today—he is a patrol sergeant in one of our local jurisdictions. He's been an officer for 14 years. I'm going to introduce you to Chris. How you doing there, Chris?
1: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: I'm uh, I'm making it. I'm making it through all this.
1: Good. I, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Listened no problem, to, man. Listen to both your shows before; they're uh, outstanding, and uh, kind of so people know already. Um, you and I, we uh, we go back a we go back a while.
0: We do. I've been trying to get you over here for a long time now.
1: Yeah. So people who don't know, Josh and I have been uh, friends for almost thirty years now. Jeez. So we're, we're not that old. Just...
0: <laughs> it sounds worse than it is. <laughs> Elementary school was a long time ago.
1: Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so thanks again for having me. Um, I did want to reach out and uh, kind of give a shout out to not only you but uh, the healthcare professionals out there, the EMTs, the firefighters, everybody kind of all in this together. There
0: paramedics in there too.
1: Paramedics, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah, no, we appreciate it. Uh, and that's the other thing I want to say is that in, the, in our community, geez, let's uh, talk about some of that support. Like you don't have to bring your lunch sometimes to the hospital anymore because people are always giving us food, bagels, coffee, which I run off an entire shift on coffee. So we... Just here at the Status Dramaticus podcast, we are very thankful for every bit of support that we're getting. And this isn't even the peak yet. As we're going towards things, and hopefully we maintain a a functional level, but man, I just want to say thank you to everybody.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We've been seeing the same thing in law enforcement. We've been, I mean, just people coming out of the woodworks, you know, donating supplies, whether that be hand sanitizer, uh, sanitizing wipes for patrol cars. Um, anywhere from food, just people bringing in food to the precincts, and um, you know it goes a long way, and it, we really do appreciate it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I, I like I like seeing people come together, even in a, a scary or, or questionable times. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, one of the reasons I brought you on the podcast, and I was curious about talking to you, is uh, law enforcement. That's a completely interesting side of of changes or. Uh, uh, approaches to what's going on with a pandemic. So could you walk me through like what changes have happened since uh, we've had to face COVID?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So this has definitely been a trying time for everybody. Um, Unprecedented. I know at least in my career, I've talked to some uh, officers who who are retired who have much more time on than me. They've never seen anything like this before. Um, it's definitely unprecedented, but, um, everything is actually going well. Um, every, what's the best way to put this with all the planning and, and everything, we're getting our way through it. We're working our way through everything. Um, just one day at a time, it's ever changing. Um, so you may, you know, you go into work Monday when you come into Tuesday. There's there's a new policy and procedure. There's something else coming down, and that's coming all the way from the federal level, all the way down to the state level to the local local jurisdictions like us. So everything is just ever changing every day, um, and you got to be just uh, vigilant.
0: You're not the only one in that. Every time we have morning huddle, it's like a whole new set of policies. Uh, just changing a bunch of things, uh, different way to do things. If some things didn't work, we're constantly readjusting. So that's that's all of us. Yep. We're we're trying to adjust and get that communication out as fast as possible. So we'll try to do it through here, and then you know when you go into work, everyone should just be staying diligent about anything that changes.
1: Yeah, we had an old saying in uh, the Marines. Have an old saying, and it's uh, "Semper Gumby." That means uh, just always flexible. <laughs> you, know, you got to show up every day and just be flexible and and work it out.
0: No, nah, I like that. I like that a lot. All right. Well, um, so different changes. How has it affected the way that you do all your, your fancy police work?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, basically when we uh, come in for our tour duty, as soon as we walk in the door, we have to have our temperature taken. And obviously that's to prevent the spread of COVID. If we do have a temperature, that officer is sent home and then um, they they have to monitor and report back. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, uniform wise, that's a good thing to kind of cover. We've been advised in order to change our uniforms every day, mostly in law enforcement. We you know you could probably get a good two three days out of a uniform to mm-hmm. um, wear body armor underneath most of the time. So obviously that the sweat's not getting through. But with COVID, we need to make sure that we're washing our uniform every single day wiping down all of our equipment gun belts um, things like that every single day um, and then so so back to a- after we get our temperature taken we get ready for a tour duty. My agency that I work for we don't we do not have personal cars we don't have take-home cars mm-hmm. so it's really really important to wipe these cars down. Make sure they are completely sanitized after every shift so the officer will wipe them down at the beginning of their tour and at the end of their tour duty. Hand sanitizers become our best friend. <laughs> um, need to have that all the time. Um, PPE-wise, it's a huge thing. Um, on your person, we need to have uh, we're making sure that our officers have the, uh, our uh, masks on them which are using all the time. Every single call for service we go to now.
0: So let's talk about that for a second. Are you guys using surgical masks or N95?
1: Yeah, I apologize for that. We no, we're using we're... the N95 masks. They're very limited right now. Each right. officer has about two of them. Okay. Um, our first ones, I know I've worn mine after wearing mine. Now the uh, you know, the metal kind of band at the top that goes around your nose and uh-huh. flexes around there. Right. So I'll hit on that in a second later. <laughs> um, but... That thing's kind of starting to wear out, getting to the point, the breaking right. point. Um, to kind of touch on that, and I'm sure you guys being in the medical profession, um, you guys are very, very used to putting N95 masks on. Oh, I
0: wouldn't say that. Okay. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> so, yeah, just like you guys in the hospital setting, uh, who, how many of us could say that we actually worked through a pandemic? So, yeah, there's some isolation stuff, and you get fitted for an N95, but... A lot of times, yeah, it's not like we wear these on a regular basis. Some of us have not.
1: Yeah. um, I know we've had them for a long time, and I had never put one on. Um, I would definitely give the recommendation to any law enforcement out there if you have not put it on, you haven't donned it, I guess is the word. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you put it on because if you don't, it's going to, yeah, the first time you put it on, you're going to put it on wrong. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize the first time I put it on that that metal band on top, was actually used to uh, create a good seal. Right. So the first call I went on, I'm sitting there breathing. I'm like, this thing isn't even working. And then I realized after that that you actually have to bend the metal. Right. And, um, you know, so you get a good seal. It's not doing any good without that. So get practice putting on your equipment. Yeah. And
0: that's, I mean, that's the whole reason why they test with it. They spray that scent in there to see if you can detect it. And they make you do all these head movements and everything.
1: Did not know that.
0: Yeah. See, <laughs> so N95s, if it doesn't fit right, it ain't going to do its job. Right. Especially if something's airborne. Not saying that this is, but we can get into that later. About there are some procedures that you guys might be on the scene for that are aerosolized.
1: Right. Yeah. So um, I guess I'll get into how we're kind of handling calls for service. Um, if that's yeah. all right with you. Go for it, man. Um, calls for service-wise, so basically what happens, just like any normal type. During any normal time, calls come into nine one one. They get all the pertinent information um, that they need for us to respond appropriately. As of right now, um, they have added PUI questions: persons under investigation, person under investigation, however you want to say it. Um, they ask specific questions to the uh, the person calling nine one one. Right. That way, they can get the information for us to know what PPE we need when we respond. But as I said before, we're responding um, currently with at a minimum of the N95 mask on um, because we just don't know what we're going to expect. Right. That's fair. But um, if they do screen positive for the uh, PUI, our department is utilizing what we're calling a PUI strike team. Okay. And what this strike team is, is a contingent of officers countywide Um Clearly, I work for a county, but <laughs> so countywide that uh, responds to these things. They have additional training and then they have additional PPE that the normal everyday officer does not have with them. So if we do get a call where they, they screen in positive, we're requesting them to respond. We're still handling the call for service um, paperwork wise, everything like that. But the officers who are making contact are, are P.U.I. strike team officers, which are actually S.R.O. officers, school resource officers. As of right now, schools are out. Um, they have all been enlisted to conduct, uh, be moved to this. That's right nice.
0: Now. That's a nice movement of resources.
1: Yep. Yep. I think our department is doing an outstanding job with uh, getting through this. People maxim- can still work. Yep. Yeah. Maximizing our use of resources and putting people in places that um, are needed. Mm-hmm. Um. So back to the calls. Um, calls that we can handle over the phone we've been doing so if it's a report call say if you call in and um as you said your your wife had a scam um previously if you want to report that to the police department you're calling that call 911. in that call is coming down we're okay. a advising you of if it meets a criteria of online reporting and then also our telephone reporting team they've also moved our department has moved members into these positions to where they can take reports over the phone that way it's going to gives them another job to do as well. So if it's a call that can be handled over the phone, our uh, telephone reporting team will be handling that, taking the report, giving the victim the report number over um, over the phone. Mm-hmm. That way they can do what they need to do. Um, obviously, there are calls for service out there that we just have to go to. There's uh, no questions about it. Violent calls. Um, and we got to handle them how we have to handle them. You know, it's right. business as usual, but we are just in the business right now of Controlling our, um, our um, controlling how we come in contact with the public. If no. That makes sense. Yeah,
0: no, that's exactly right. And that's a good point to make too is like, okay, before COVID, everyone was doing, everyone's busy, everyone's doing things, whether it's hospital, law enforcement, everyone's doing their jobs. Yep. The thing that people need to realize is that this outbreak is a plus one to whatever else we were doing on top of that mm-hmm. so okay in the hospital yeah we're still getting the copd calls we're still getting the heart attacks we're still getting all that stuff now you have this blanket level of covid where you're gowning up and same thing for you guys you're still responding to the same calls and then you've got to take extra precautions too so yeah everything plus covid
1: it's just another added variable to it and uh you know, we all look at memes right now, and there's a meme currently on uh, on social media that I'm sure a lot of law enforcement have seen. It's kind of funny. It's a small dog, and it says cops in 2020. It's a dog with a sombrero, <laughs> and then it's standing on these four large cans. And then those large cans say the one is trying not to get jammed up by admin, which, you know, we all try to do that, trying not to get shot, trying to enforce the law, and then also, most importantly, not trying to catch the Ronas. so we thought that was pretty funny
0: Um, right well it's describing like everyone's got a meme and and public service right now about what is going on
1: right you gotta you gotta um still have a little bit of sense of humor and and a way to get through all this yeah
0: you gotta laugh and uh, i'm not i'm not objecting to that ever
1: I've got some dark humor that
0: I work through. You guys got it. (laughs) EMS has it. We all have it. And probably all relate on that level. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Well, cool. Okay. Um, So have you had any calls that kind of stick out in your mind about uh, PUIs or anything like that?
1: We have had a few um, death investigations, unfortunately, that we've had to call our strike teams out to with PUIs. Um, Those are the main ones Um, The problem is with the PUI stuff is when say if we can't, if 911 can't screen them as PUI, we have to still try to treat them. Um, If they can't wear, obviously we're going to calls with our PPE on. Um, I know you were going to get into um, persons in crisis here in a little bit, but just to kind of go off of that, we did respond to a person in crisis here who was at a group home, and this was before we were wearing our PPE. Um, and then after this incident, and then you and I had sent some texts back and forth and we talked a few weeks ago about how this is progressing and you gave me the advice to like, you need to make sure your officers are safe, um, have them, um, you kind of let me know what's going on in the hospitals, what you're dealing with. And that kind of really, you know, brought everything home that, man, I really need to make sure that, that the officers under my charge are Making making sure that we're taking that step further and actually wearing PPE, and we implemented that before the actual department made it ASOP. That's awesome. I'm glad I could help. Yeah, that no, makes I, me happy that this is doing something. Yep. And and they, again, that's not bad on the department. It was just by talking to you that put us ahead by about a a, a week until the department actually implemented that. Um, but to go into this, it, it, we got a call for a a female at a group home who was in crisis. Um, this female and ended up uh, assaulting a few of the officers. She was, she was in, in crisis. So we were um, attempting to call our mobile crisis team to have her come out. She was, uh, you know, making some suicidal statements and things like that to where we needed, we couldn't just let her go. If that makes sense. We still have to deal with the, the issue at hand, but you know, a call that we got, this was all outside. Mm-hmm. So at that time, when we were responding to calls outside, we didn't have any PPE on. Right. Um, we, you know, you always have to expect the unexpected. We didn't expect that we were going to get, you know, pushed and things like that, smacked by this uh, this person. But the incident was ultimately handled. Um, and then just by dealing with that and talking to you, we eventually went to, we just, I made the decision to have us start using air additional PPE, because you just don't know if these people have, are contagious or, and have the right. COVID.
0: That's the ambiguity. You just don't know. And and as it becomes wider spread, I mean, you see that curve on all those charts. It's still going up, still going up. So you just don't know. Yep. Um, that travel stuff, when did that stop being relevant? You know, asking if someone's been in internationally traveling. Yep. It doesn't seem to matter anymore at this point. I mean, Yep. Uh, could you tell me a little bit more about the mobile crisis team?
1: Sure, absolutely. So our, our department, our agency has what's called a mobile crisis team. They, um, We have three of them working in our county at any given time, one working central, one working west, one working east. Um, I am by no means an expert in what they do, <laughs> but I know when... The, I we bet have it's the, tough. Yeah. So, so when we respond to these persons in crisis, as a police officer, we're able to... Um, Con, uh, conduct an emergency p- evaluation, emergency petition, fill one out, you know, if they're a th- threat to themselves or others, basically. Um, whenever we get these calls or if somebody's in crisis, um, we like to rely on the experts, which are our mobile crisis team. Um, they consist of a police officer who has training in this stuff. And then they also consist of a clinician, a mental health clinician who rides along with them. So the clinician is responsible for assisting the people who need help you know get they, they can make these calls that we we're not able to make we're not qualified to make right um, so when we, we request them their job instead of just sending them to the hospital as you know what we can do if they're a threat to themselves or others you know we will take these people to the hospital the closest to ER mm-hmm. Um complete the emergency evaluation and release them to the hospital. Their job is to, to do that, but also to, um, their job is also diversion. So if they can come up with a plan for these um, people in crisis, then based on their expertise and what they do, they can have a different option. You know, they can give them, they, they keep checks on them, give them, um, you know, let they come up with a plan of what they're going to do that day until they can follow up the next day. If that oh, makes sense.
0: Okay, no, I get it. Um, yeah, I. Th- Harford County actually has a crisis center now. What mm-hmm. actually? That sounds like a fantastic idea. Where you can keep psychiatric patients. By the way, you refer to them as persons in crises.
1: Persons in crisis. Yeah, okay. psych patients. Uh, okay.
0: Right. So the crisis center actually works to help uh, mitigate some of the situations that would otherwise end up in the ER. So from from like the ER standpoint, not all ERs are have uh, psychiatric capacity. Okay. Meaning they just don't have a place to um, put these individuals, and especially now it's. It's something I think about a lot because you do get people in crises because it's a stressful time. You would expect more people to be stressed out and with mental illness going on, um, running out of meds, certain things like that. The the crisis center was in place to help mitigate some of those. But then you worry about the ones that make it through to our ER that are exposed to things. And they're in crisis. So sometimes these people are wandering around the hallways. like. You have to have someone constantly watching them because otherwise they put themselves in danger it's like a whole new level
1: yeah and we're dealing with that just like you guys are every every day um, I uh, a big thing that we deal with a lot um, you know if if you're a person in crisis and you need help know where you can reach out to there are plenty of services whether no matter what jurisdiction you you're in, the state of Maryland has these uh, crisis centers and things like that. Reach out. Um, we do have. I will touch on this, and I'm sure everybody who's law enforcement can uh, attest to this. We have a lot of times where somebody will call in and say that they want to hurt themselves, and then kind of play a cat and mouse game with it. They won't say where they are. They will just kind of call in, and a lot of this is to get attention. The the if you need help, make sure you get the help. Don't don't call and just say, hey, I want to hurt myself. Come and find me. Basically, when you do that, it's our job, and we're sworn to make sure that we, we do find you because we want to protect you from yourself. We want to help you. Um, so when you do that, we have to do go through a whole gamut of trying to find you. We exhaust all means to find you. Looking through databases, you know, I'm not going to go into everything that we do, but I can assure you, we exhaust all means to find these people to make sure they aren't a threat to themselves. And that way we can get them the help that they need.
0: Wow. Yeah. And I think that's, that's another thing that gets blanketed with this layer of COVID is like resources are a little right. bit different now. Yeah. So it's something to consider. If you do need help, there are centers out there. You talked about the mobile crisis team. We've got crisis centers, um, yeah, it's definitely a population that's vulnerable at this time. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's there's some more we can do in that population. Huh, okay. Cool.
1: Yeah, uh, some other things that we're doing. Um, I mean, like I said, everything is changing day to day. You have to consider um, COVID for arrestees. If we make arrests, we need to make sure that these arrestees don't have COVID. Or, or So basically, we go into s- screening questions for them. If we do have to place somebody under arrest... We're using a lot of discretion at this point. I will, uh, I'll say, um, you know, if if people commit crimes, mm-hmm. especially violent crimes, you're you're still going to go to jail. Um, we still need to make sure that we protect the public from these violent criminals. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not making discretionary calls with with things like that. Domestic violence. If we have probable calls, you're going to get arrested for it. Um, the thing, other things, minor crimes. We're using discretion for that. We have other avenues that we can use without placing you under arrest, such as uh, criminal citations, um, also charging at a later date, kind of things like that. But um, if we do have to make arrests, we are asking certain screening questions to ensure that this person does not screen positive for for COVID. Mm -hmm. We have um, um, cells set up throughout my agency where if they do screen positive for COVID, they go there. Everything has to be disinfected we're not transporting anybody in our police vehicles. We're using the uh, paddy wagons for that mm-hmm. uh, prisoner transport care <laughs> wagons. <laughs> um, and um, so there's, there's things like that, but uh, some of the screening questions are just uh, if they've tested positive for COVID um, if they've had close contact with a person who has confirmed case of coronavirus um, if they have fever chills or body temperature of over hundred point four degrees, and if they've had any difficulty breathing, shortness of breath, or persistent cough, they answer yes to those, then we have to treat it in a different way, I see. as I said.
0: Gotcha. Are you showing up to um, cardiac arrests and stuff as well?
1: Yes. So any type of medic calls or um, paramedic calls that we get, if it's a cardiac arrest and they are not priority four at the time, we are limiting, limiting exposure um, by having the the medics or paramedics advise on that. Mm-hmm. If they do become priority for and pass away, then absolutely we're responding to it. Um, if there's a, if we get, if we believe they are a COVID positive patient or PUI, mm-hmm. then we're request, again requesting our strike team to go out there and, and mitigating the, the, the risk to uh, ourselves. And um, I mean, because there's, there's just straight up officers are getting infected with this.
0: Oh, that's a good so, point, too. So, you, ha- I have heard stories about um, a good amount of police officers being affected and being affected. But I mean, it's all of us, all of us within contact with these things and being surprised by it probably doesn't help.
1: Absolutely. Yep. I, I know Baltimore City, I think I read today they have, I think it's a Southeast District. They have over, I think the whole district is in quarantine. Wow. They have tons of officers who have tested positive for COVID. Um, and they're, they're hurting right now. And and when that happens, so basically what the health department is saying is if, if you have contact with a COVID positive person, then you automatically have to self quarantine for 14 days. Mm-hmm. So basically if an officer that you've been working with or, or a coworker of yours or anywhere, but I know at least the police department, if you've had direct contact, say an officer in a precinct test positive. Right. Whoever has had contact, direct contact with that officer, now has to be quarantined for 14 days.
0: Oh yikes! So, so you've got this—the uh, bomb goes off, and then around the blast area. Yes. So. Type of situation.
1: So yeah. the big thing is is making sure that we keep our our numbers up, so we can still effectively patrol the streets and um, you know keep the citizens safe as well. Yeah. Wow. As,
0: it's widespread. I I just think everything's interconnected. You can't get away from it. All of us, law enforcement, EMS, all of it. It's just so interspersed.
1: Yeah. Well, we couldn't do our job without you guys. I mean, you guys are our safety net, and the kind of uh, keeps us positive for going to work because now if we know we catch that, at least you guys are there to to make sure that we're okay and get through it.
0: Right. It is. It is. Uh, Good. At least most of the cases are mild, but that's that can also be misleading too. There, are, there are a lot of young people dying from this, so it's it's something we ha- we we've got to continue to take seriously. You uh, you still see people on the road. You still people see people gathering where they shouldn't be.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. The uh, it took me probably just as long, if not longer, to get over to uh, where we're doing this today, Yeah, Um, a lot of people on the road still.
0: I hear Home Depot is the place to be if you're on quarantine.
1: Yeah, well, (laughs) that's what I hear as well. You know, you hit the grocery store and you hit Home Depot.
0: Working on, I don't know what, I don't know what projects (laughs) they're working on right now. Right. At least it's been nice out.
1: It it has been nice out. (laughs) Definitely has.
0: Oh, cool. Okay. Um, some of the things that I did want to pass on to you and other officers, and I hope maybe we get some more officers to listen to this. Uh, yeah. The aerosolization. So for the most part, it seems like droplet precaution is what uniformly the hospitals have been doing. There is some uh, research that I've seen, uh, just normal con- uh, conversation. is still releasing the virus around you. But... Um, I just wanna make sure that you guys are prepared for the aerosolization, so it's like suction. You know, We we got suction on ambulances and everything. When you're trying to clear out an airway, that Mm -hmm. type of thing, that has the capacity to aerosolize virus. CPR itself, anytime they put that tube, the intubation tube down someone's throat, if you're in a situation where you're responding to a call and you see any of that equipment coming out, it's a good idea to have your people put on those masks. So that's, that's one thing I just wanted to relay and make sure everyone's on the same page with.
1: Yep, I will pass. I don't want to make sure that uh, they know that.
0: All right. Well, cool. Um, is there anything else you want to discuss? You want to uh, get any questions for me?
1: Yeah, what have you been doing for fun in this?
0: <laughs> well... That's where it can get a little bit of dangerous. So, (laughs) it's easy. It's easy to sit there and have a a beer or two. Wow, we're actually having a beer or two right now.
1: Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) I am drinking a Devil's Backbone (laughs) Biel,
0: and I've got my uh, my home. Well, not hometown favorite, but that's the funny thing. This the beer I'm drinking is from just outside of Munich in Germany, where I was gonna have a trip to Germany at the end of this month, but Ugh. that's not happening anymore. Every, <laughs> the, the plan's been shut down. i have been planning this for every year and all of a sudden this start going out. Yeah, not happening.
1: Well, hopefully you'll be able to go in Maybe fall.
0: Yeah, maybe. If that would be cool. Hopefully it's not seasonal and hopefully Uh-oh. it doesn't continue to, to linger and the quarantine doesn't linger. But I mean... I mean, speaking of Germany, they sound like they're doing a pretty good job of maintaining, are they, I, maintaining I this. Yeah, uh, from what I've heard, they've done a pretty good job. I guess they did some early uh, lockdown type of stuff, but
1: huh. uh,
0: it's not to say. But I, I'm sure once this is as this continues to progress, more and more places are going to find different ways to deal with this, and
1: yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of actually positive things that are going to come out of this, to be honest. Right. I mean, it's there's a silver lining in everything. Um, you know, I, I just just with me, I've noticed that you kind of, with everything shut down, I've been getting back to things that I used to enjoy doing mm-hmm. um, that I just never had time or the chance to do because you're, you're always running somewhere. Right. You know, life is going by so fast. And then this, this is kind of slowing everything down. I agree. Um, it's really it it really put a speed bump in everybody's uh, daily lives.
0: I think so it shows you what's important. Yes. Because like yeah, go back to working out if you haven't been. If you say you don't have the time, you certainly have the time now.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The um, yeah, and there's some there's some cool workouts you can do. Um, you know, with the gyms even being closed, I, I know a fr- couple friends of mine, uh, and me, I'm. You and I used to do this workout a long time ago. Yeah, let's talk like about a few that. Times. <laughs> I it was, it's actually pretty cool, and I'm sure most people have heard of it. But basically, you take a deck of cards. Uh, you know, you've got 52 cards, obviously. And you assign a workout to each suit that you have. And you can go from beginner level to where you're doing, you know, only so many reps of what, the, what it says, or then you can go to a four count. But like, for instance, you, you know, you can assign a workout, like for hearts, for instance. You could do jumping jacks, diamonds, push-ups. You know, for spades, you can do workouts such as, uh, like, body squats. Then you can do some type of ab workout for, for clubs. And the great thing about it is you can mix your workouts up every day to what you want to do. And yeah. basically, when you draw a card, you do how many, whatever the number is. Or if it's a uh, if it's a face card, you're doing ten of them.
0: Ten of them? You always do, like, the blanket ten?
1: Well, I mean, if what? I get tired, I'll do less. So. <laughs> You can like mix a little running with it, something like that. But that's that's kind of been a, a good thing to do. That I, I think it's been fun, you know. And uh, kind of go back to things that you used to enjoy doing that you haven't got around to. I was telling you yesterday that um, I haven't brewed beer in a long right. time. Yeah. Um, yesterday, uh, brewed uh, me and a couple friends brewed two batches of beer.
0: Yeah, that's great. So,
1: of course, it won't be ready for over a month. <laughs> and so it probably won't be good but you tried. it was still fun
0: i, I think about that too i, I do i've been meaning the brew again um and then i had this idea and it's probably in poor taste but you you call it, you open up your own brewery and call it pandemic
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's
0: pretty good yeah it's a good name make good sure, name for the time
1: make sure you save these bottles by the way for brewing
0: <laughs> it's better yeah that's a good point too it's better than naming like uh my kid that as a result of this quarantine pan uh pandemic or quarantine quarantine's kind of a good name right yeah. i'm looking at my wife too <laughs> i just heard about uh, twins that were born and uh, corona and COVID. oh twins yeah. that were born that were named covid and corona those are pretty good names though mm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, cool, man. Uh, I'm glad you showed up and did the podcast. I yeah. think a lot of people are going to benefit, and it's good to hear law enforcement side.
1: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you having me.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, we'll have to do this again soon.
1: Yep. Yep. And you when, guys all stay safe.
0: Yeah. Everyone out there, let's hope uh, everyone stays safe. Use precautions. Use your best judgment. Personal responsibility. you got to take care of yourself. All right. So... Um, That's been the episode three of the Status Dramaticus podcast. Uh, We're always looking for uh, people to interview. Um, We've got another one lined up. Uh, I don't have confirmation on that at this point, but I'll um, probably post more about it on Facebook. But if you want a topic, you have questions, you are just generally interested in something, you want to promote something, you have a topic that you've prepared something for, uh, send me an email at status, status dramaticus. Sorry, that's my wife carrying my son around and dropping things. Not him. She didn't drop him. <laughs> <laughs> so, status dramaticus, R N E M S, at gmail.com. We upload to YouTube and we also have a new website on Podbean. So, I will. Be posting that on Facebook, and uh, I will post the link on the YouTube. All right. Uh, Take care of yourselves, everybody. We'll see you next week.